So are we. Are you funny? Well, we might be too. So why don't you get on in here? There's still some room left. Pull up a chair, open up your ear holes, and get ready. The Empathy and Imagination Podcast is here. My name is Aubrey Cloutier. And I am Drew Clark. I would like to welcome you to the show. I would like to acknowledge you for taking the time to listen to the podcast for Empathy and Imagination. You're all so welcome here. If you want to help this podcast, you can do so in a few ways. You can go on YouTube and just give us a thumbs up. It's pretty easy. Give us a comment. Also, if you'd like to donate financially, you can go to... Uh, what's that money website called? Uh, Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash empathy and imagination. And you can donate monetarily there. We have certain goals set in place. And uh, yeah, so that's pretty excellent. Now, this podcast is brought to you by Zeiss Digital. Now, Zeiss Digital, have you ever like been opening up a new computer and going like, oh man, I'm so excited. I can't wait to use this thing. But then you try to set it up to your network and your printer and your phone and all this. It's just not, not what you wanted. Call Zeiss Digital at ziced.net. That is ziced.net for all of your technology-based needs. Check them out. Check them out. Also, this podcast is brought to you by Clark Pool and Spa. If you've got a pool or a hot tub or a fountain or a big aquarium and you need like help with that, you go to ClarkPoolSpa.com. Right now, check out our deals. You're looking for service? 50% off your first month. If you're going to join, get our monthly program. If you're in the Contra Costa County area, working Blackhawk to Martinez. So, everybody, those are the folks. Thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast for Empathy and Imagination. Folks, we have a phone number below. 510-859-4173. You can literally call right now and join the show live. We can't stop you. So that's totally possible. Also, if you're listening to this in, in, uh, in the past, you know, and you want to give us a call, call. We have a voicemail set up. So you can, you can just uh, give us a voicemail and uh, we'll most likely share it with a podcast, unless it's just total nonsense. In which if case, we might do that too. If you're listening to this in the future, please mm-hmm. give us a call too. We have mm-hmm. lots of questions for you. We do. Yeah, and if you could answer them, we'd really appreciate it. So, welcome, Aubrey. It's been a couple welcome. of weeks. There's been some weeks. stuff. Let's like high five or something. High or five. Like, yeah. Okay. Right on. Um, check in. Yeah. Let's I'll do check a check the, in. Check the fuck in. Uh, I had. Was it two weeks ago? I had a little bit of food poisoning mm. from some fish and chips, which I think is my. It's like my poison dish. Mm, fish and chips you love it i just it's an indulgence so usually i get uh usually i go out to dinner once a month wow near the end of the month sometimes it's in the middle of the month as a sort of good job once celebration. a month that's quite restrictive you know and uh usually it's fish and chips yeah. so this time <laughs> it was uh fish and chips at drake's dealership and something did not sit right. So did I was, I had like muscle, it was like muscle pain. Mm. Almost like, like I was sleeping in a clenched 
manner, <laughs> you know? And you wake up and you feel super sore, like you were just flexing your muscles all night. Mm, you're tired. You know? Yeah. Weird. Uh-huh. It was a weird thing. Oh, yeah. I, I've had so it wasn't pain. so much like, uh, it was like joint pain. It wasn't as much stomach pain. It was a weird, it was the weirdest thing. Huh. Did you shove the both ensies? I didn't have both ensies. What would you have? Single ensies. Was it the downward or upward? Downward. Slurry <laughs> of how processed of, How often food. are we talking here? A few times a day. But it was more like I just felt super tired and fatigued. Hmm. And like I had, you know, like been in a fight or something. Oh, wow. You were in a fight. Strange. Yeah, I was fighting whatever fish, the revenge of the fish. You're luckily you have your gut biome that you have that was able to respond and take yeah. care of that shit. Otherwise, it could have taken over. That's why I try to get a bigger gut so I can have yes, more stronger. biodiversity mm-hmm. of gut bacteria in mm-hmm. there. And uh, yeah, that was last. That was two weeks ago. Um, playing a lot of music. Yeah. Awesome. We recorded, you know, I recorded with Orville. I recorded amateurly with uh, Sausalito, the the okay. easy listening, like this kind of setup. Yeah, just at at the OMC Studio, cool. Oakland Music Complex totally. Studio. And you and I did some recording as well. Mm-hmm. I guess we talked about that already, but um, so that's cool. It feels like all right, things are finally. You know, pushing pushing the bobsled for a while, and it's finally getting some getting some momentum. So that feels good. And the recording of our um, yacht rock band actually sounds pretty good. What's the name of the band? Sausalito. Sausalito. Yeah. Okay, right on. And uh, everyone's a great player. Yeah, it's just fun. You know, sax. Got some sax in there. I think i could play some but i'd have to play like five seconds of it to not get copyright infringement give it to us all right give me one moment here uh maybe oh i know where it is Although copyright, what is it? Anything that's less than thirty seconds might be. I might think, be even I think less you than have that, fifty actually. seconds, but I could. You just meet Mister Optimism over here. Yeah, it so I'll play. I'll play a little. I'll play the intro. Okay, all right. Give it to us. This is Steely Dan song. Whoops, that's not it. One moment, please. Standing by patiently. Well, it's really cool that you're able to like, technologize you know, this and that we're, we're getting a little taste of it. I, I do appreciate it. It's super cool. So the cool part about this show is you get the raw, unreleased stuff You know, if you're into such a thing. Yeah, it's fresh. Yeah. You've heard this song. Super fun to play. 
So you get the idea. Yeah, that's tight though, man. That's Does really that sound tight. pretty good, dude. That sounds it's like not even really mixed, tight. but it's, you know, oh man, that's good. It's good. So that's been a lot of fun. That's cool. Uh, yeah, what else is going on? What else is going on? I need to do more bicycling. Yeah, that's for sure. Yep. Um, but why yeah, other than that, just just doing a lot of work. Why didn't we bicycle today? What happened? It just wasn't time. Wasn't it's too many things to do. Too many things. Um, other than that, just working hard. Yeah. Cool. So that's my check-in. Checked in. Right on. Okay. Thank you. All right. Well, yeah. So let's see, two weeks ago, I was here, and uh, Aubrey had some the shits, and uh, so he didn't come here. So what did I do? I think I worked in the garden. But then last weekend didn't happen because I was at Adam Grell's bachelor party. Mm-hmm. And that was a very fun time. There was a lot of beer drinking, just kind of go, just the whole time, basically, throughout. And it was it was relaxing. It was very hot sun, but not too hot. We were in the exact center of California, North Fork, California. Huh. Um, very pretty land. So it's is it... Like dry heat, inner, yeah, yeah, the but there were lakes, heat. yeah. So we're, it's it's this it's the foothills leading up to the Sierras. So there's some oaks, some pine, but there's a lot of flat air, open area too. And they have a 90 acre ranch, and there's a big ass stage there, wow. an amphitheater thing with power and a big bonfire. Like they so just through hip camp, yeah, uh, or Airbnb or something. Yeah. yeah, they. I can get the number. They have a pit dug five feet down into the ground, right in front of the stage. For fires? Uh-huh. And it's like eight feet across. And so you just throw, like, portions of trees in here, and then they catch on fire. They just had to rebuild the stage because <laughs> yeah. it burnt down. Well, too close. It burnt down. But the new stage is real nice. They got this huge flat area. That's why like you have a rock. Spinning. You build up rocks mm-hmm. for the front of the stage. There you go. Fireproof. That sounds cool. You could suggest that. I just that. discovered that rocks are fireproof. <laughs> you just discovered <laughs> Well, until you get to the center of the earth, and then they become a liquid. Right. Right. So, yeah, freaking, that was, it was cool, um, you know, and it, it, it was it was what I wanted. It was really good. Also, later after that, there were, there was like um, a bunch of stress about my business all at once. Mm-hmm. There's like all these things happening. I know that's vague, but it's like we're signing on new clients, which is exciting and awesome. We're doing repairs and stuff, which is difficult and rewarding. And we've done some design stuff. Like I designed and installed a solar pool heater on a client's roof. Cool. And we're still paying for it, really. Like it's not done like they're not happy with it so it's been uh, so there's no more paying happening it just i just keep working until you just have to keep working on it until it's done until they yep. like it so it's Damn, like the money's tough. been been spent you know and i'm just sitting right. in, and i'm out there in the sun i'm cutting this i'm trying to like they said they said over the phone like make this because we can s- they can see it there's a bit of it you can see from the ground when you look up uh, so it's I a cosmetic thing. It's yes. not a function thing. Right. It's a cosmetic gotcha. thing. And so I'm like, well, I, I didn't think that that would be a problem. Yeah, know? those are always the toughest jobs because you never know when it's going to be you over. You never know when we're going to be done. Yeah. So it's like I didn't – I was like, well, 
you know, I want you to be happy. I'm on your team. And I, I also said like, and I, she, the, I was talking with the, with the wife, we were on the roof looking at it. She's like, yeah, I just don't like this. I don't like that. It doesn't look good. There's a leak here. I, you know, fix the leaks. I said to tighten the hose clamp. No big deal. Mm. So, cause you know, it's stretched and you know, you just, I, I figured you'd tighten a few of the hose clamps on the rubber after a leak anyway. Oh, right. Yeah. So you were up there and she's like, yeah, yeah, I just, you can see this from there. And like, you know, I don't like, I was like, I understand. They just spent a bunch of money redoing the roof. So they look up and see like pipes. They're like, yeah. So I get, I get that, I guess. I wouldn't. I think pipes are cool, but whatever. Uh, pipes are cool. Pipe pipes are cool. So your microphone's messing with you. So I go up there and I make a change that seems strange, but I thought that's what he was asking for. He's like, turn it upward because there's one that's a, a like a U, and so you can look up and you can see like pipes coming out and then going back. It just because you ran out of room, you know. They're like, yeah, we don't like that. I'm like, well. Okay, but uh, I could take one of the panels off, and then it would work. And they're like, "Well, how much would we lose?" I'm like, "Well, you lose fifteen percent of your heating power, and you already bought the panel, and there's no returning it." So, and they're like, "Yeah, okay, maybe." Let's think about it. Like, what do they have? Seven panels? Six. Six. I was gonna do eight, but turned out you can't put them perpendicular, so it didn't work. And the lady came to me, and she was like, "You know." I didn't I didn't exactly appreciate that you know we were told we were getting one kind of panel and then when the day came you just bought whatever they had and I was like whoa I hear that I would be upset if I thought that was true too that's not what happened I okay. told the truth I was like what happened was when I went before after I did all the measurements of your pool and roof I took it there and I spoke to an employee and they told me mostly wrong information mostly mm. like this guy led me the fuck astray like big time and so i went to them and told them a number but when i came on the day to buy it they're like oh yeah these don't go together what your cost is a thousand more dollars than that just for the parts Mm -hmm. and so it was going to cost us i mean like we were like what the fuck sucks so we call the client the day of and we're like yeah so we're here and they say it's way more now and they're like what i'm like the guy led me astray i wrote all the numbers down they're the wrong numbers Mm -hmm. and they're like okay well we still want it so let's go ahead so we went to do it and the panels didn't fit there was two that didn't fit so there was i could only sell them six i returned two and then i look into the packages and they've given me the wrong it's supposed to get a cap and an air release, and they gave me two air releases and no cap. So I have to go back. So it was again. the the store, the distributor that just it was fucked you. Left hook, right hook, jab, 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 right Do hook. Do they w- like, not want repeat business? Fuck? I'm like, come on, guys. Yeah. And so the guy manager was like, "We're gonna give you a discount on your next purchase," and I was like, "Oh." Ah, it's so shitty, because it's like I st- I still have to do business, and with I'm you, still but I get a on this fucking roof. Right. Right doing all this stuff and the lady i was like you know i way underbid i was like this is costing me way more than i bid for and she's like yeah i know anyway can you and when you do it again can you do it over here like this and it's like so you're uh, just eating 
costs. I'm eating time. I'm just yeah, her. Yeah. I just do what they want until. So that's a weird part of business. It's gonna ownership. be like a design component to your to your quoting. Yeah, I need to quote way higher. Slash, I'm not gonna do it. Honestly, most roofs are way more pitched than that. It's way more dangerous. Yeah. And there's so much aesthetic worry that I'm like, exactly. No, I'm just yeah. really not gonna do it. I'll install say, three pumps. I'll install it to a functional level, based on your your first uh, idea for it. Mm-hmm. And if you want cosmetic changes or cosmetic differences, that's we're gonna. I'm going to bill you for that time, and, and there's only so many of those iterations I'm going to do. That's an interesting idea. Like three maximum, and each would cost this much. That's what a graphic designer would do. Mm-hmm. A smart graphic designer would say, okay, we'll have, you know, I'll give you, I'll give you like five versions of the logo, and then we have, let's say, three or four iterations, and, and that package is five grand or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you limit the amount of times that they can just keep saying, no, it's not right. Got to keep doing it. You say, well, we agreed on three revisions. That's your. So if you want to keep going, you got to. We got to do. We got to do more. Would you money. have some like extreme clause where it's like, if we get to the fourth revision, then I get dead thousand dollars. <laughs> you could, because that would incentivize them to, to know what they want. Yeah, yeah, or you know, it's like I definitely need to take some of the blame in this solar panel roof heating system because like it's my first time ever. But they knew that I was like, I've never done it. I could do it. Did your best you could. It worked. If you had reliable information, I I think you would have done much better. It worked perfectly the first time. There was no leaks, nothing. Nice. It was sick. And it took like 12 hours uh, on the roof, and I charged them for three. Damn, dude. So it's like, whoa. So that's, but that comes with I work when I want to. Right. Right. So I don't want to be a whiner. And this has been coming up in my check-in. Is that me? I don't know. I don't want to be a whiner and I want to be careful not to complain because there's a lot that the outrage culture is loose. It's loose. And so I want to do my part to not be outraged, but I still want to be true to my emotional self. And so that's like, you know, how do I harmonize those things? Right. You don't want to be suppressing every emotion and never express anger. Right. You've got to have blowouts. If you're suppressing, you have to have blowouts. Yeah. I've definitely suppressed more as a younger person than less. As an older person, I think. Oh, that's good. So, but everyone does, and it's because you got to get through your day, you know. Yeah. But, uh, so we'll just add that my phone died. You, you, you folks will notice at home that uh, we got one camera angle today, and that's because my phone died. It, it's like it didn't die. It was operating great, but the, the, the charger wouldn't go in. Mm. You know, I look at the situation with your phone dying as basically an upgrade. Right, because now you get to upgrade. I mean, even one shot, one switcher, I, th- I feel like that's better. It's a, it's a it's a step in the right direction. We're gonna l- whatever we learn from this current setup is gonna make it's an upgrade. I hear that. We just leveled mm-hmm. up, even though we have mm-hmm. broken equipment at the moment and less cameras. Yeah, we actually leveled up. Yeah. Okay, I like that. It's still working. Golden age. You know. Cool, man. Well, that's unfortunate with the with the free work, working for free. That is unfortunate. But, you know, it's... But sometimes you got to do the pro bono work to keep the customers happy mm-hmm. if you're starting out. Yeah, you basically have to. So now I'm going to... I took on too many jobs in uh, May and the first part of June. Mm. I took on... 
too many because I was signing on new clients, dealing with other things, doing the normal route, which is growing all the time, and that's good, and dealing with the pairs, and then dealing with the free work all the time. And I was like going, yeah. So kind of freaked yeah. out. Kind of freaked out. Got pretty upset. I was like, I was like angry and afraid and stuff. And then I went to, you know, my my sinuses have been really bothering me. I've been using Afrin like every day for a week. Afrin? Yeah, which opens the nasal passages. And of course, cannabis does too, but um, it's it's a pricey commodity in right. this world. So, um, so I but we have medical coverage. So I was like, well, I'm just gonna go in and see like what can we do about the nose? You know, is there any new data? Because what I heard last was like pretty bleak. And I, I went to the doctor and I went to the doctor and I told him about, I broke my nose. I was like, the quick story is I'm like, so when I was a kid I was playing baseball, I got smashed in the face, mm. deviated septum. Then I was a flight attendant for a decade. So I had, Oh, you got a deviated septum because of an accident. Yeah. I, I have one, but that was just naturally. Uh-huh. Well, there you go. Lucky for us. Yeah. Deviants. Yeah. I guess don't get smashed in the face with a baseball. I was like always afraid of that, and then like totally happened. So uh, I didn't play baseball that much after that. I played like one more game, and then I was like, nah, I'm good. But uh, flight attendant, ugh. dry space, lots of people's boogers getting in your eyeballs, and then you're you get sick a lot, and then I have polyps now. So I've done a CT scan years ago, and there's like polyps pushing on my bones and my sinuses. It's all jamming up the breathing, like. It's very little air is mm. going in my nose. You know, when you sleep, you try to sleep with your, you know. So mm. I noticed myself feeling short of breath and then worrying that there was like something wrong with me, you know. So And then I got I got into this cycle about like fear of fear, death, not making enough money. I'm I can't work. I can't possibly work anymore. And all this sort of like I'm 35. Yeah. My body's just nose diving now. Right, so I'm this, like getting yeah. all this. And I started feeling really upset i went to the doctor and the doctor was a very smart and funny lady and she was very helpful she was like yeah um i'm sorry that doctor scared you away from surgery let's go get a new ct scan and see what the ent has to say now i'm like okay with the the insurance we have it's not like you know 25 bucks i was like all right Mm. so we're gonna do that and then just do some blood work and, you know, just see how it's going. So you w- a new CT scan to see what the EDS said. And you said, okay, and <laughs> paid two five USD. Yes. That's okay. Right. That's right. That's actually accurate. And what is the result of that? Well, we don't. The CT oh, scan is supposed to happen Monday. Ah, mm-hmm. okay. And what does CT mean? Uh, well, it's it, it's a cur- it's like the cat scan. Yeah, it's like cartographic imagery, magnetic something something. So they look at my brain and sinuses and layers and then match them up to make a picture. <laughs> That's fucked. Yeah. That puts you in a weird mindset to see. Yeah, your innards and your the sections of your brain and shit. It is, and I'll get to look at that. And it's like I I, I was it was good because the doctor was like you know you really. You really know, don't need to worry about the family history fears you're mm. worried about. 
She's like, I think your your nose is blocking you and it's freaking you out. Damn it, like diabetes. Yeah, like like. Well, like you're active. Yeah. Virile male, so you're probably okay. I'm closer to okay than people who wouldn't be. I, but you know, I really don't know. I haven't had blood drawn in a long time. Yeah. But you know, since it's in the family history, it was on my mind, and I'm just I'm sharing on my check in here. I went to a dark yeah. place. Good. But I'm feeling better. Good. That the usually happens when you go to a dark yeah, place. Yeah, you go to Come a on. dark place and feeling better. The doctor was like, "Yeah, you should be you're like you're you're fine." And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> yeah. And she was like, "You do pools? I'm looking at this place that has this fountain pool thing. There Can you, you work on that?" I'm like, "Here's my card." There you go. So like, I was like, right then it turned around. I was like, "Oh, it's going well. Okay." Ah. A doctor works with the plumbing of the human body. Right. I work with plumbing and. Uh, what do they call them? Water features? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, totally. So. Good. Let well, me let me end my check-in yeah. there with a ding. It's good to go checked in. <sighs> I feel better. It's good to go to the dark place. Yeah. Sometimes. You mm-hmm. have to you have to go there. I think uh you have to. You have to go dark sometimes. And come back out. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the darkness isn't fully out yet too when you come out like you but it, it like it comes back but less or comes back but mm. less or something like that like there's this wisdom it's you come out of the darkness and there's still a little tendrils Ten, yeah, attached tendrils. to you mm-hmm. and it's like mm-hmm. okay I'll deal with you later so like on a very brief side note people are probably wondering what we're drinking right here yeah why don't you tell them what we're drinking so this here is Gradient Breweries Citra Pale Ale. This is the director's cut, I like to call it. So we, I just this morning kegged five g- delicious gallons of 5.5% Citra Pale Ale. Completely made here, all grain, on the Robo Brew Generation 2. And this is the very first sample, so it's not carbonated, it's not chilled. We're just sipping on literally the still beer as it would be hmm. from thousands of years ago. All right. They didn't carbonate it, and they didn't. When did carbonation it? come around? Um, well, when did that become a thing? As soon as they were closing it in bottles, the first time you put a cork or a, a clay bottle that you could get a little bit of pressure in there, they were carbonating it. So that was like five, four thousand years ago, probably. Mm. Probably. Can you imagine like pulling that out of the river as like a cave person four thousand years, a human person four thousand years ago, and it's. <laughs> opening a cold beer and drinking it. When it's probably sealed with like wax. Wax, yeah. yeah. Ear like deer ear wax yeah. or something. Some kind of Yeah, wax. Exactly. Okay, so what do you how does this taste to you? What do you think? Because you're the person I like who it. didn't make it. It's lighter than your normal, mm. your usual. It is. I like the uh, lightness. Things. I can sort of see what it would feel what it would feel like to be carbonated uh-huh. I could see what it would feel like to be carbonated can you smell what it would hear like <coughs> I can hear what it would touch like to be carbonated no it tastes it reminds me of the Drake's 1500 I think I said that mm-hmm. which is a compliment mm-hmm. um, yeah it tastes it tastes good man right on. this is from a kit did you modify the kit a little very little yeah yeah what do you do when you modify a kit well like is there like usually one thing that you change or do yeah, you just sort there's of a there's a regular thing and then there's other things like 
A regular thing I often change is like I put the priming sugar in the boil for that extra little kick of the is that ABV. A, what's, is that, how does that differ from the usual people would, way you would do it? Well, a, a kit, people wouldn't wouldn't do that. They wouldn't put it in the priming. They wouldn't put it in the boil. They would put it in the bottles they were bottling, and I think it would be mostly left as sugar instead of alcohol. Oh, I see. So you're putting the sugar in earlier on in to the process. It more, so, it, you're, so it's because I'm not bottling it. I'm kegging it. So, so that's like a common theme I'll change. But also, too, like I'll, I'll split off a few gallons and put a different yeast in it. That's like a pretty common thing that I've done. What does that do? It lets, it lets you compare two identical beers with just different yeast. And you can go, whoa, that's way different just from the yeast being different. Yeast is very mm. important. And it's like, you know, hail to the mushroom gods for creating this fine beverage. Yeah. Brought to you by Gradient. Gradient. I might need a little more. Maybe so. Maybe so, yeah. All right, man. Are we are we ready to jump into? Let's jump topics? into this. Topics today: cas- old cassettes. How about that? Oh my gosh. Let me. I have some old cassettes here. This I have a incredible. whole box of cassettes. Yeah, let me here, some background here. Let me uh, get you. Go ahead. It's one of the things I've been. You know, you sort of have keepsakes. So when you move from place to place, you sort of keep certain things. And things that I've been keeping. Uh, is just a box of old cassettes. And I brought three of them here today. And I'll maybe I'll let you choose what we listen to first. You have a cassette player for us, and we're plugged in live so people can hear Plugged right in, now. almost plugged in. Let me get us plugged in How here. How lucky are we? How lucky are we? Cool, dude. Let's see if we do this. There we go. Put your ear- earbuds. There you go. So let's do. Ouch! Yeah, it's all right. Everything's fine. There is nothing wrong with your radio. There is nothing wrong with your television set. This is the way empathy and imagination sounds. When it's coming to you live from outer space. Okay. So maybe we'll do this one first. Was that, that was interesting. There wasn't anything on there? Or that was just the radio. Oh. I, I just know. was trying to. You got me, man. Improvising. Rewind this. Um, yeah, wow, this is a noisy little thing. Is that is that the sound? Can you record that sound? <laughs> yeah. Here. It's recording on the on the podcast. Hello. 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 Testing, testing, testing. Here we go. That was a slow and gentle rewind. 
Well, there is no rewind. There's only fast forward. Just flip it around. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. I appreciate that. Um, so these are a few tapes I have. What are the options? What are they called? What's the, well yeah, can, can I? Yeah, you want to take a look? Yeah. And the one I have in here is uh, Creepy Woods. All right, let's uh, check. Creepy Woods Live. We've got Creepy Woods Live. It's written very clearly. TDK, IECI, Type I, Normal Position. High Precision Cassette Mechanism. Wow, that's very specific. Same thing. D it's a D60. Hmm. Not getting any. Creepy Woods Live. Not getting any. Uh, no sound? Sound here. Okay, let's pull the speaker out or the thing and see if it's just the oh wait. Oh. Scared me. Oh, and then we have uh, it looks like a combo here. Sky Park. Creepy Woods. Oh, so this is probably the split. Creepy Woods 10-3-1995. And we've got why is that so loud? Well, I think it's because we got some uh, primitive tech going on here. You know what I'm saying? Oh, this is like the actual 8-track of it. Holy shit. Yeah, this is slowed down. It's unlistenable. Is there any buttons you can... Tuning? Look, tuning. Oh, maybe the cassette player is fucked up. It doesn't play at the right speed. Doesn't sound that bad. Wow, that's fucking weird. Let me see if one of those other tapes plays. Let's try this one, Sky Park. It could be that the um, the motor is just fucked. Is it like a 220 volt or something? Like, what do we got to do? Yeah, the motor in the cassette player is not playing the right speed. There's nothing we can do. Damn. <laughs> Wait, what's the goal? Is it possible that the batteries are messing with it or something? <laughs> yeah, we didn't. I should have tested it, but. Figured line. it would be okay. Is it missing any of the instruments? It could be that you ha these are original tracks. No, because the no, because Sky Park never. Yeah, no. Damn it. Well, do you want to try? Let's try one of yours, just well, here, to be why sure. Why don't you look at both and see which one you want to you want to do? Cause I have more somewhere, but there's these two anyway. Side A. Yeah, the motor's not. The motor's too. Oh. 
it's possible that sure. if we keep it on, it may eventually speed up, like we just leave it on. Should we try the other side? I don't know. I'm I'm intrigued. Maybe that was the trick. <laughs> yeah, I think I called it with the whole like fast forward sounding pretty rough. Gotta be something. Wow, that's pretty brutal. Let's leave it on for a while, just like a low level. Yeah. There we go. All right. So what's? It's a fun, it's a it's a fun idea. <laughs> this I wanna, idea. I wanna, I wanna, I do wanna do this again with a working cassette player. <laughs> I think it'll be fun revisit these. Okay. Then this is a teaser. This is a teaser. Yeah. We have cassettes. Just lubed up and waiting. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. Sounds like it stopped. All right. You got a topic? Do you want to refill? Maybe you can yeah, introduce us to our topic. Okay. Yeah, I would. Please and thank you. All right. Well, let's get into it, guys. Can't. Uh, So it's sad. About Anthony Bourdain. You know, it's like when I think about this. Yeah, famous person, you know, why do we all care so much about famous people? But it's it's interesting because it's you sort of feels like they're in your life, but at a distance. Um and I, I've never been a huge Anthony Bourdain like fan. I've seen some of his shows and the stuff I've seen I liked. But I've never I mean, I don't know exactly what he was doing now. I'm sure it was cool. I remember seeing a picture of him and Serge Tankin and the Q on YouTube about them doing something. And that sounded cool. But it's, I think it's weird that someone would kill themselves at sixty one. Uh, and I, I said that to my wife earlier. And she was like, no, I mean, because it's like a struggle and some days it's harder than others. And then one day you just, you know, it's too much. So, yeah, Anthony Bourdain kills himself at 61. In death, as in life, Anthony Bourdain brought us closer together. 
On his award-winning series, Parts Unknown, Verdane brought us brought the world uh, to scene, CNN viewers. Through the simple act of sharing meals, he showcased both the extraordinary diversity of cultures and cuisines, yet how much we all have in common. Tragically, he proved this again on Friday. Bourdain's death shook television viewers around the world. The most common sentiment, I feel like I've lost a friend. Here's a little picture of him looking like a like a hipster kind of, very, very thin. With his tattoos, pretty good shape, drinking a beer. It says real bear real beer there on the side. That's that's cool. I appreciate that. So, and then you look on this little sidebar here. The, uh, it says, asking for help. The suicide rate in the United States has been, has seen sharp increases in recent years. Studies have shown that the risk of suicide, suicide declines sharply when people call the uh, national hotline, which is 1-800-273-TALK. There's also a crisis for support in Spanish, 888-628-9454. So they say Bourdain was a larger-than-life figure, a gifted chef, a storyteller who used his books. Oh, did he commit suicide? Culture at sixty-one. Holy fuck! Yeah. So Anthony, Bo- my topic is Anthony Bourdain commits suicide at sixty-one. And I was just saying, like, top of your game, right? It's you. I mean, you you've just finished your prime, really. I guess <sighs> he sort of, but he he sort of got famous, like. Later in life, later thirties like or forties, yeah, forties right? or something. Yeah, but he had already made a name for himself as a, a chef. chef. Right? Yeah, so he's funny. He drinks wow, beer. He fucking killed himself. Yeah, he killed himself. God damn. It's like rich, doing a show. Apparently, <coughs> huge fans. Lots of people love him. He's like, can't take it. That's a weird one. Did he give a reason, or did he just? So far, so I, far? I don't know if that's been really, wow, gone through. Bourdain was a larger-than-life figure, a gifted chef and storyteller who used his books and shows to explore culture, cuisine, and the human condition. Tony was a symphony, his friend and fellow chef Andrew Zimmerman said Friday. The news of Bourdain's death was met with profound sadness with CNN, where Parts Unknown was aired for the past five years. In an email to employees, the network president Jeff Zucker remembered him as an exceptional talent. Tony will be greatly missed, not only for his work, but also for the passion with which he did it, Zucker wrote. Yeah. Hmm. So it's it's weird. They're showing, you know, I've, got a, I've shown a few pictures here. It's a little dark, but uh, his camera's a little fancy. And here he is, you know, doing stuff. Yeah. Wow. And yeah, it's, it, hit, it just, I guess it hit me sort of strangely, like, man, it's just, obviously there's death everywhere and people die all the time for different reasons and you know i don't i don't know but it seems i had it struck me that 61 would be a weird age to do it yeah yeah what's the why you know maybe he di- was diagnosed with something you know i don't i don't, I know, don't know about that it I tastes better colder that's nice so it sucks though. So that brought me to to this, which was a um, a, a Peter Joseph tweet. Hmm. He says, "While the death of Bourdain is sad, the big picture is worse. Suicide is a public health crisis challenging our most basic on ontological existential sensitivities. 
Society itself is priming this behavior due to a general lack of meaning found in how it works. In the Center for Disease Control, suicide rates have climbed dramatically. So hmm. this is what I, I got into this. I'm going to bring it up so folks at home can see it. So here's a color, as you can see this here. And for their listeners, I'm sorry, but there's like uh, two kind of gridish maps of the United States. And they're showing suicide rate 2014 to 2016 per 100,000. And then they're showing a different one of uh, percent change 1999 to 2016. So if you're looking around in 99 to 2016, you can see kind of there's a lot of countries in the sort of lighter, lighter orange. Of course, darker orange was was high. It was uh, got up to sixty percent per one hundred thousand, like in Vermont and New Hampshire, and North Dakota. Like wow. what? That's crazy. But that but that's from nineteen ninety nine to two thousand sixteen. Um, but yeah, two thousand fourteen to two thousand sixteen. Uh, you can see stuff like... Because uh, I'm not moving to Vermont. Yeah. Uh, Utah. Oh, no. Yeah. That was the the increase. So Vermont got more suicidal. 60% more. Uh, percent change, it said. Yeah. Wow. Suicide rates have increased in nearly every state over the past two decades. And half of the states have been suicide rates... Uh, have, have seen suicide rates go up more than 30%. Suicide is a major public health issue, accounting for nearly 45,000 deaths in 2016 alone. This is why the Center for Disease Control and Prevention in Atlanta decided to take a comprehensive look at suicides from 99 to 2016. Suicide in this country really is a problem that is impacted by so many factors. It's not just a mental health concern, says Deborah Stone, a behavioral scientist at the CDC and led another lead, uh, lead author of the new study. There are many different circumstances and factors that contribute to suicide. And so that's one of the things that this study really shows us. It points to the need for a comprehensive approach to prevention. She and her colleagues collected data on suicides from every state. In addition to better understand the circumstances surrounding suicide, they turned to more detailed information collected by 27 states on suicides that occurred in 2015. The rise in suicide rates was the highest in the central northern region of the U.S., with North Dakota, for example, seeing a 57.6% increase since 1999. Nevada was the only state that saw no increase, Birmingham, and Delaware saw the smallest increase, which was 5.9%. The findings were published in the CDC's Morbidity and Mortality Weekly Report. Wait a minute. Pause. Who the fuck subscribes to that? Okay, CDC's Morbidity and Mortality Weekly Report. Weekly. Weekly. A lot of lot of morbidity and mortality going on oh every week. God. We need to stay up to date. Do you want to sign up for the Morbidity and Mortality Weekly? Here's how to do it. Like, I want. What do they advertise? I'll sign that? up when I'm dead. They advertise that like late night. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's like a mortician with yeah. a, with hey. a, a red phone, like laying yeah. down. Like, yeah. Call us now. Don't you want to know who died and why? One nine hundred morbidity. Call now. 
But, you know, I think we do need more attention on death in our society. I think we treat old people like trash before they're dead a lot of the times. Well, they say also that the most expensive time of your life is the last the last part. Because you're on life support and all the meds, drugs, and meds, yeah. and life support. And <sighs> this um, it's rough. This thing goes on. And it says often the suicide seems to happen without warning. Fifty-four percent of the people who killed themselves didn't have a previously known mental health issue. Instead, these folks were suffering from other issues such as relationship problems, substance misuse, physical health problems job or financial problems and recent crisis or things that were coming up in their lives that we were anticipating, says Stone. Researchers and advocacy groups who work to prevent suicide say the report shows that much more needs to be done to tackle this growing problem. Well, yeah. Yeah, the rela- I mean, the saddest one is the relationships one. Yeah. How, why? People just killing themselves because the girl doesn't like them or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mostly men that are committing suicide, right? Yeah. That just sucks, you know. Hormones are going out of control because it's probably mostly young men, young people that are committing suicide over relationships. Mostly young men, yeah. Self-inflicted crime of passion. It's like you're you're actually crazy when you're in love. Like when you're in love, when you're in that explosive zone of hormones. I sort of think like you're you might actually be clinically insane because the hormones are fucking with you mm-hmm. so hard. We've all gone crazy. No pun intended. Fucking with you. Yeah. 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 That's fucking rough, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kate Spade recently committed suicide. Who's too. that? A designer, just shoes and handbags and fashion. She killed fashion herself. icon. Yeah. I think she was 50 ish. 50 ish. So is she a gen. She struggled with. Gen depression. Y? Gen X. Gen. Maybe. It's, you know. I guess Gen X, yeah. Maybe. Isn't it weird? More like Sting's generation. So maybe not. Gen B? Been born <laughs> in the. I guess. Gen, gen X to, is like. 1970 to. Born. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So you're Gen X. So she's a little bit behind Gen X. That's weird. She's the probably born Z in the sixties. Okay, sixties. Z, right? Yeah. We should have so started at A. What the fuck happened? Why did we start at X? We should have started at A. Yeah. We're already at Z now. That was a short bas- burst. Yeah. The CDC report cites several different approaches, such as working to stabilize housing and teaching, coping, and problem-solving skills early in life. Uh, the report also cites the need to reduce access to lethal means, but without explicitly discussing firearms or controversial issues such as gun control legislation. Asked whether that was a deliberate omission because of the political climate surrounding gun control, Stone said that suicide rates have been increasing across all methods. Hmm. So it's not just about firearms, it's also about our methods of suicide, such as hanging, suffocation, poisoning, and the like. She said, we are concerned with all aspects of suicide prevention, including access to lethal means. And so we do include that we com- that a comprehensive approach to suicide prevention. Mm-hmm. 
But, here's interesting, but Anestis believes that it's important to not beat around the bush when it comes to guns and to talk about the importance of things like setting waiting periods for purchase and storing guns locked and unloaded. Mm. Ameri- okay, quote, American suicide is predominantly a firearm issue. Anytime we want to resolve something that involves firearms, we need to talk about fire firearms explicitly, end quote. He says, this is, who is this? Peter Joseph or no no okay uh, where, what was it again Anestis okay just some yeah person that works for the CDC mm-hmm. the conversation about firearms and suicide doesn't have to be de- a debate about the second amendment it could be a debate about where we can find some common ground that doesn't simply involve only talking about people with mental illness because in this paper shows that it's not going to get the job done Research shows that the decision to attempt suicide is often made quickly in an impulsive way, says Robert Giba, the head of the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Hmm. Interesting. Well, you know, I mean, yeah, dang, that's like a whole thing. I mean, Robin Williams. Yeah. Once you go down that, start going down that path of, oh, who, well, who else committed suicide? It's fucking dark. It's pretty dark. What do you think about the quest for the living to try to stop people suiciding? What is about, why, I think do, you why do we have that? I think you should be free to, to commit suicide. Yeah. Yeah. Why do we in the living have this obsession with trying to stop people from killing themselves like well, it's none of our I- business i don't know we Question think mark? life is so g- life is so that's great like it's illegal to kill yourself like that's silly yeah well, i guess uh, in christianity it's a sin to, to self-terminate true true that but if you're doing the strangle and masturbation for reasons you can you're it evens out so it evens out fine. yeah do the david carradine move it's, it evens out and, you know, it probably is because it's just advantageous for the species if there are more living people. I mean, that's probably, it's probably that basic. When you go back to the cave times, were people trying to commit suicide? I mean, do you think? I would say rarely. Running off, just running <coughs> off cliffs. I bet, yeah, to get away from tigers and shit, yeah. No, I mean, like, willingly. Not to escape something. Not, not, or not, not. Being pursued, like starving, and they jump off a cliff, or, or something. they're just bummed out and they run off a cliff. Or no, try to smash their no, own head with I a rock think, or something. I think they weren't they weren't bummed out because they were too busy trying to stay alive. Well, these guys aren't busy trying to stay alive. There's so maybe suicide is a is a symptom of the indulgent society. Okay, I think that's what we're getting at here. Weird. Mm. See, but then I feel guilty, like we're gonna offend people. Like families of people who've killed themselves, like that's it's not sad. an indulgence, right? You know what I mean? I don't want to. Sad. It's a sad thing. I don't want anyone to kill themselves. I don't want it but, either. But why do we care? But I could see myself in a situation where I would want to be able to kill myself, and I wouldn't want anyone to stop me. So I can't be that fucking sanctimonious about it. Yeah. <coughs> I think you should have the the right to. I mean, there should be also be support systems, and maybe it should be as hard like as possible. To yeah, try like to kill options, yeah. that'd be cool options. options. And I think like psychedelics ought to be one of the options. 
That's before an idea. you can kill yourself, you have to take an acid trip or something. Or if you're suicidal and you have eight thousand dollars in the bank, take a trip. Go oh, yeah, spend go. all the money. Yeah, fuck it. Or you know, whatever. Go to Mexico, get some drugs and whores and a co- yeah, live company it up. I don't know. And, yeah, you do, know, do just your thing. See how do that something goes. crazy. Maybe you'll be like, well, you know what? Actually, the, the world is a little more wider than I thought. Maybe I'll make eight thousand dollars again and do this again <laughs> in a couple <laughs> years. Yeah. Now I'm broke. Fuck. Now Fuck. I really. Yeah. yeah. It's like even people, but people gasp for breath even who try to kill themselves in hot tubs. You know, it's or that's true. It's like I heard, I've heard. I don't know if this is true or if it matters, but I've heard that women attempt suicide more than men do, but they are way less successful at it. Hmm. Which is uh, weird. Like that is what? weird. How does that? I don't even on? know how I feel about that. See, but then because then that's like okay. How it's hard to know what that's. To I want to. I wonder how you feel about it. I'm like curious. Well, I want more women in the world. Yeah. Because I think women are great. Human flourishment. So know. that sucks. Uh, that them killing themselves is, I I feel is bad. Mm-hmm. Because we need more of them, and they're great. Moms and daughters and, and sisters and aunts. And but it's also sad that you failed to kill yourself, and so now you're just existing, and you and you hate life. That also, so each one is. I don't want people to be living and hating life. So I, it's like I'm completely ambivalent. I can I can advocate both sides. Yeah. So how how shall how how would that affect a policy of suicide at the Center for Empathy and Imagination? I think it would have to be some kind of mega support. Like if someone was scenario. So, like, how would you know? Because lo- they're saying a huge percentage of these people are like, they weren't, th- no one oh, thought that. Oh, it looks like we got a. Oh. We had someone try to call. Hi, Claire. Oh. I'm not available right Okay. All right. Okay. Um, I can see, like, so how do you tell? Because a lot of these examples are like, they had no previous signs of showing like they were suicidal, and all of a sudden there was this big event that happened, and it seemed really important. So what what do you do about that at the Center for Empathy and Imagination? I wonder what would be cool to do there. I don't know. Like what would you do? Maybe there's some kind of like weekly check-in like cl- like a clearing we used to do at Cafe Gratitude. Okay, like a rehab-ish type. Or not rehab, but like um, just like a clearing, like where you'd go once a week with another person in the group. You go, hey, so the shadow, the first question is, what is missing in your life? And then you answer honestly, and then the person doesn't answer, respond to it. They just repeat back what they heard. Mm -hmm. And then you go, "What what are you looking forward to? And then same thing, you just... Or then you go and then you acknowledge the person or you could repeat back, you know, something good. You say, hey, I think that's cool. You're doing that. And uh, that's great. Or like, yeah, here you're going on a boat trip to Jamaica. Right. Yeah, it's going to go well. Yeah. Whatever. It, whatever. You don't have to be just a, a compliment. It doesn't have to be that. Yeah. That's how I would shift the clearing. Right. Right. Hello. I like that. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hey, who's this? This is Claire. Claire. I, I got a text from Aubrey. Oh, thanks. Welcome. 
Um, I got a text from Aubrey that said, Colin, we're talking about suicide. So. <laughs> okay, cool. Good. Yeah, we wanted you. We need you to talk us out of it. No, yeah. uh, we just. Okay. I didn't know that yeah, Anthony no, Bourdain had had committed it. suicide. Yeah, we're not going to do it. Did you hear yeah, that? Don't do it. Did you hear it's that better. Anthony Bourdain has uh, committed suicide? Yeah, and Kate Spade all in the same week. Right. So who was yeah, who was two, Kate Spade for for all our listeners? She is a designer. She's like very well known for her handbags. They were like she was a big designer in the nineties and like she's yeah, she's probably in fashion circles, she's very well known. Actually I feel like if you're a female, she's probably more known than Anthony Bourdain. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So, yeah. They're kinda in the it's funny, they're like became popular in the same time period and they're around the same age. So we were trying to figure out what generation. They're not really Gen X, they're more like generation like sting's generation right born in the fifth late are they 50s. baby boomers no i think they're um early because we're you and i aubrey are late gen x like we're like very late gen x okay. but i don't know i think the whole generation thing is kind of a bullshit it's but, imperfect um, yeah, it's, it's imperfect but i do think it is helpful it's like it's, genre, helpful, it's like I mean, genres on a book it's yeah. kind of like you know, there is something yeah, to Anthony Bourdain might be a late baby boomer baby and Kate Spade might be an early Gen X. Okay. So Do I you would, know I anything about the backstory about Anthony Bourdain? If there's any do you know any because I couldn't find anything about a why. Um, I mean, you know, hopefully like he has his own private life. I know like his girlfriend is one of the people that Harvey Weinstein attacked. And, like, Ooh. so she's been having a rough year. That's more been supporting her. Mm. He had, like, a past with drugs. Like, he started out, I think, cooking in Provincetown down the Cape in Massachusetts. That's right. And was on Kitchen heroin. Confidential, I think, was his, oh. his, his breakout yeah. book. But, like, awesome. yeah, his breakout. But he was, like, when he was a kid, when he was, like, a teenager, he, like, worked at, like, an oyster shack in Cape Cod and got into heroin. So he's had, like you know, problems with drugs in the past. And I think he's been clean for a long time, but you never know. I wonder if he smoked weed. brain is a mysterious Maybe he should have smoked weed. He didn't. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. It can do a lot to calm a person and be introspective. I mean, I don't know if introspection is the cure for suicide. I wouldn't say that. But I definitely find community, needs meeting, communication, and introspection... Alone time plus hard work all add up to stuff that's better than not. Yeah, I actually saw um, a really great documentary last night. I saw on Mr. Rogers. And I think Fred his Rogers. philosophy on life was, or his like reason for making his show was to improve mental health in like children so that when they grow up, they'll be, you know, healthier adults. And I think so. I think introspection is important, but it depends on like what your thoughts are, because you could ha- be introspective, but having really negative thoughts hmm. about your life or telling yourself somebody... like, these horrible, you know, negative stories. But, you know, things that are things are not going to get better. And yeah, I can think of some people you know, I know that I know that, that, that their untrue. internal story is like pretty negative. When they go alone, it goes dark. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I showed Aubrey this. Um, there's 
Dan Savage, who does Savage Love, he made a thing a couple years ago for LGBT youth, and it's called It Gets, it Gets Better. And it's interviewing people who should have short videos about how, you know, at different points in their life, they were suicidal, they felt alone, and how they got out of it and how now they're adults and their life is so much better. And it was just, I thought it was a really great reminder that, you know, like, sometimes you're in like a negative, there's a negative loop going on in your brain, but you just you know, just to remind yourself, like, this is how I'm feeling right now, but I'm not going to be feeling this way in the future. This is just right now. It's going to pass. Like, things will get better. So, I, I don't know. This too shall pass. Mm. Yeah. King, King Solomon's uh, ring, right? Which is a good, it's comforting yeah. in, in times of distress. This too shall pass. But then when you're at, yeah. the, at the highest when you're at your peak and you're rich, you must also think this too shall yeah. pass. Right. It's a, gr- it's a great equalizer of the, the highs and lows. And it's always, it's always the rich people that were like, well, they're rich, so why do they commit suicide? Yeah, that's really often. But like it's Michael Jackson, too. Maybe that's why, because the fame and the, the riches are just empty. But I mean empty at the end I of the know, day. Uh, yeah. Jerry Seinfeld, you know, who's like mega rich and super famous, he was saying, you know, like he really believes the key to happiness is like money just won't make you happy. It's really human connection. And there's no Amen. money that can. Yeah. I mean, money can take stresses out of your life and make your life a little less stressful. But I mean, you could be rich and just alone and not really feel like you have a purpose. You could be the last person on earth and you could invent money. You could yeah. be the last person on earth and have tons of money, but you can't invent people. Yeah, like who knows what pain, like, you know, it's like we're all, you know, we're all connected, we're all the same, but yet we're all different at the same time. And it's like, who knows what's going on through their heads. And I mean, obviously, like, he was in a lot of pain. It and, seems so. You know? Yeah, so I mean, I just think it's very sad. Um, yeah. Have you known anybody I that mean, you've lost to suicide? Uh, yes, I, I do. Hmm. There, I mean, not close. It was a girl in my school. So, yeah, she had a tough, tough life, and yeah, she committed suicide in high school. Hmm. So. Yeah, to my uh, two people from my high school uh, did as well. Donald Allen and um, Angus. I forget his last name. In high school? No, this was shortly after. It's like I was in college and they I heard the news. Angus McDonald and Donald Allen. Hmm. Who I sort of knew. I hung out with Angus a few times. Hmm. Well, you guys, when you're down, do you guys have any, like, thoughts that, like, go, like, do you have anything, like, you know, things that make you down, and then do you have, like, thoughts or stories or things you tell yourself that make you feel better? Um, yeah. Realizing the, the sort of transient 
of life can can get you pumped up sometimes yeah um if it's if it's all for nothing then why be afraid of anything um uh it's a little more complicated than that i think because i think at at the end of the day there is something that we think we have and that is our our reputation and uh so it's hard to just totally torpedo your own reputation I wish I wish suicide didn't affect your reputation because like I don't think any less of like anyone that commits suicide. I just am like, oh wow, like I'm just kind of like, oh darn, like sadness. Yeah, yeah. I I wish I wish they stuck around and things got better. It's not. Yeah, it's not like it's not a judgment. Moral failing. I I was saying earlier, yeah, it's like it's not exactly my business because it's their body. Yet we all care as a group when people do this. Mm-hmm. And again, I think it's because of evolution. Uh, We're like, wow, one of the tribes self-terminated. That's uh, that's totally opposite of like what we were inclined to do, which is to create more of us. Ooh, I wonder when the first suicide was. If you think back, what was the first suicide over? What do you think? Is there one in the Bible? I mean, pre-Bible, because we mean, have we Jesus, have clay pots from six right? years, six thousand years before that. Jesus chose to. That's a pretty early suicide. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. But he could have he could have run, but he didn't. You know, I have Socrates. Okay, okay. Not so much suicide though. He just he's he's acquiescing to the rules to be killed. Yeah. The first suicide. I don't know. I'm thinking like okay, what I'm picturing is like really hairy people hunched over in a cave somewhere, and like you know. There's there's a, someone didn't kick the poop pile and now the fire went out and then it's starting to rain and just they're like, fuck all these kids tugging on my my hair on my legs and back. That's really long. And they're just like, you know, I'm fucking out of here. And he jumps off the cliff. Like, is, I don't know. Is that. Or mental illness. I mean, it must have existed back in. Back in Neolithic days, right? Well, had to have. Um, probably was more rampant. You think it was more rampant? Yeah, it's yeah. probably okay. less instance of it now because it's it's in the chain, you know, and it's definitely huh. here. It's interesting, but not everyone has it. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's going the other way. It's hard to say. It is. I think it could go either way because I mean, if you know your life was simpler and you were just focused on survival. And you had, like, you know, people in your life helping you survive because everybody needed each other. Maybe you were mentally healthier because you're more living right. in the now. You've less time to, to you worry about introspective bullshit. That's like that's kind yeah, of my joke. You, my joke was like, I, I, I doubt that happened. I, I actually think that the constant pressure to stay alive would keep someone distracted from wondering if they should kill themselves. Yeah, you know what I mean. Totally. So I think that there wouldn't we be now enough time. Yeah, there wouldn't be enough time to even worry about that question. Yeah, you're too busy trying to stay alive. So it's like, and then that that goes on and on and on, and then it gets really opulent. You don't really think about, it, and then people are really, really detached. Like if you think, if you live in a high rise in San Francisco, you're mm. making four hundred and thirty thousand dollars a year as a developer, and you just ever all your food is ordered in. You have Wi-Fi. Someone designed your apartment for you. Like you don't cook. No one, someone cleans your house. Sounds, you don't have a yard. There's no living plants. Like there's sounds horrible. You're you're basically living on a cloud of money. 
that right. keeps you away so that you can just develop and then you can play video games and masturbate and then sleep and that's 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 yeah, a lot of people's lives. Yeah, we're more isolated now than ever. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. The the public space has gone it went from outdoors to indoors in the in the sort of 80s and 90s with malls. So instead of the outdoor park, you had the indoor shopping center. And now the public space is like social media. Hmm. Still a golden age, though. So buck up, campers. <laughs> Chin okay. up. All right. Well, how does the golden age tie into a spike in suicide in the U.S.? It's a mindset problem. Okay. Go on. Um if we encourage more positive mindsets, do you think suicide would go down? Or I encourage think. people to say, hey, that was the past, and it, it happened insofar that it's in your memory, but you it doesn't dictate who you are now, and it doesn't dictate who you can be. So let's let go of the shackles of the past and do some self-improvement. Mm -hmm. Do you think suicide would go down or up if that was like a <coughs> meme? If that was like a public direction, thing, something that was taught in schools. Mm -hmm. I think it would go down. I think it would obviously go down. I think if we, the power we give to government money, if we gave that power to a system that would measure the needs of the people and then use science to meet the needs of those people in the most efficient way, then I think we I think suicide would nearly nearly stop. I think it would still exist. And we need lots of men and women interacting. All the time. All at the time. Many ages. At many Young, ages. Young, old, medium old, you know, like yeah. You don't want got you don't want youngsters who can't play. Uh huh. You don't want teenagers who can't, you know, kiss a girl or kiss a guy. Right. You want the max to maximize all those probabilities. It's true. I think we more do need more practice saying. of people like together and a age mixing. I think is important. Like you have, you go to high school and like everybody's your age or one year older and fuck right. them, you know. But it's like hyper ageified. Yes. But I think if all these where we put old people could be say at the same place of where we put young people, and they were to work together as like a school nursing home something something there is that connection it's always like grandparents and grand you know parents and grandparents with grandchildren mm -hmm. it's always like uh you you always hear that that some child related more to their to their grandparent than they did to their parent uh -huh. i've heard that yeah so maybe that's uh maybe that's a way to do it hmm. you build that into the, to the caretaking go ahead no, I agree, I agree that, like, I think, you know, if we focus on community, I think we've lost community. Mm -hmm. And communities were, like, in the past, you know, multi-generational. And I know I like in my life, like, my work is multi-generational, and I love that. So I think it's, like, if we focus on community where we all, like, appreciate each other and need each other, like, accept the fact that like, humans need other people. And, you know, kind of get over the fact that, you know, we might disagree about certain things. I think, you know, in general, mental health, people will be mentally healthier because your need is. 
you're, you know. Yeah. To be needed. To be to be needed. To have a purpose is pretty important. Yeah, there's a story I heard. So I watched the Mr. Rogers documentary, and this made me cry. But he told a story. He didn't talk about it in the movie, but I had heard about it in, like, an address he gave. But it was about the, the Special Olympics. It was, like, a couple years ago in Seattle. And there's a race, and it was all kids that all had physical or mental disabilities. And they all were in a race together. There's nine of them. They started running, and one of the kids tripped and fell and started crying. And the eight other runners all stopped, turned around, went to the kid. A girl with Down syndrome, like, kissed his knee and was like, that'll make it better. And then they all walked hand in hand to the finish line. So they all, like, finished mm, nice. together. Yeah, they and got I the thought, point. Like, yeah. That's, yeah. yeah, it's like the whole story. I mean, it's just kind of like I feel like that's what life is. It's like we focus so much nowadays, if you watch TV or social media, on kind of winning for yourself. But really, like, what life is really about is, like, helping other people and helping other people win. And yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's part of the golden age, but I wish – I hope – that's the way it goes. I think so. Yeah, I think so. It seems like the perfect life would be to be super selfish and, you know, maybe, let's say get rich, right? You're super selfish and you get rich. Then the mega the mega phase is you just start giving all that shit away and because your your creature comforts are, are set up, you just uh, start to try to improve the world with the resources that you have. That seems mm-hmm. like a good trajectory. Like yes. Elon Musk is sort right. of doing that. Right, right. He's Scott Adams is doing mm-hmm. that. Even potentially the virgin, virgin guy. Virgin guy, yes. Yeah. Well, I like where this uh, empathy and imagination is going. I really appreciate that. Well, I mean, Aubrey told me to call in. We're talking about suicide. I don't know why. Well, I'm, I'm no expert on it. So we always like to hear in. from you, and uh, uh, oh. we appreciate your time. All righty. Well, Thanks. I will let you guys get back to your podcast and topic. Thanks Thank for you. calling in. Have a good day. Bye-bye. All right. All right. All right. A little bit cut off there. There we go. So... So how about a little bit of science? Okay. All right. Some science updates. Uh, so we got all this bad news. Okay. Yeah. It's <sighs> something something's good's gotta be going on with science. Yeah. Oh, SpaceX wants to build a campus in Florida to support rocket launches. Possible signs of life found on Mars by NASA's Curiosity rover. Did you hear about that? Possible signs they of life? They might have found like microbial really? things. Might have? What's the maybe? <laughs> they got to you know, be sure. NASA shuffling their feet. I don't know. Oh, thanks. Um, organic matter discovered? Question mark. What? We need to follow up on this. It could be some just microbes, but still, that's huge. It could mean that. Uh, could mean that. I don't know what that was. Yeah. It could mean that there's microbes on other planets too. <coughs> or it could be that like life. Maybe a chunk. 
you know, something with, with water and shit on it hit Mars, broke off, but then more of it went and hit Earth. So Mars got a little bit of life, but nothing to make but we got consciousness and shit. But we got the real we soup. Got life. That's crazy. Okay, I like science updates so far. I'm, I'm really into it. NASA extends Juno Jupiter mission until July 2021. So Juno is the satellite that's orbiting Jupiter okay. right now. Mm-hmm. And I guess they're extending its its operational mission to 2021. After which point, it'll just do a nosedive into really? the atmosphere. Yeah. Why don't they just keep it up forever and keep fucking taking pictures? I think they have a reason why. Like an ethical reason. They don't want to be leaving trash out floating around Jupiter. They'll They'd rather destroy it than, than have well, trash. Okay, so it'll burn up. Yeah. It's kind of a weak argument. It's like space litter. Scientists find new solar systems with planets the same size as ours. Ooh. Uh, did you hear about the climate change uh, CO, CO2 harvesters? No. Um, I saw this on Twitter somewhere. Uh, just this giant rack of fans that is... They're testing it, they're just sucking CO2 out of the atmosphere. On airplanes? And, and, and thereby, stuff? no, it's just like a ground-based thing in the, in the, on a piece of land. They're like just a huge grid of fans to suck the uh, carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere to combat climate change. Really? Yeah, using technology to basically reverse the effects. Do they put it in like a specific area where like there is a bunch or something? Let me see if I can find the actual uh, article. One moment, please. Standing by. You know, as we stand by, let's think about Clark Pool and Spa. So I can yeah, go ahead. If you need pool or spa service and you're in the Contra Costa County, go to ClarkPoolSpa.com. That's ClarkPoolSpa.com. Email us at info at ClarkPoolSpa.com. Okay. Here we go. Thank you. You read that caption? Hey, Scott Adams. Oh, no, the the, uh, the caption beneath the fan thing. Sucking carbon dioxide from air is cheaper than th- scientists thought. So they actually built it? Yeah. Holy shite burgers. That's huge. Let's see what the article says. Yeah, would you read some of that to us? That'd be cool. Estimated cost of geoengineering technology to fight climate change has plunged since a 2011 analysis. Siphoning carbon dioxide from the atmosphere could be more than an expensive last-ditch strategy for for averting climate catastrophe. Uh, an economic analysis suggests that geoengineering technology is inching closer to commercial viability. 
company's running a CO2 extraction plant. The cost of pulling a ton of CO2 from the atmosphere ranges between $94 and $232. Where do they put it? They're in Canada. What if they fill like tanks? Here we go. Carbon Engineering's design blows air through towers that contain a solution of potassium hydroxide, which reacts with CO2 to form potassium carbonate. The result, after further processing, is a calcium carbonate pellet that can be heated to release the CO2. That CO2 could then be pressurized, put into a pipeline, and disposed of underground, but the company is planning instead to use the gas to make synthetic low-carbon fuels. They're going to burn it back into the air after they caught it? Yeah. Are you serious? Low-carbon fuels. Whoa. That's fucked, man. That's a, that's a company that's based on a, a chemical equation right there. Wow. Keith says that the company can produce these at a cost of about $1 per liter. Uh, when they configure can you burn it in a car? I mean, what's the... Um, CO2 pellets? Any, if you anytime compress you would need CO2, I guess. Well, if you... You could burn it and capture the, cap, the gas from it. Yeah, how do they turn it into a fuel? What fuel for what? That's what I'm wondering. I don't know. I mean, do you burn like a, a generator? Is it a propane generator? Do they have like a series of copper tubing or do they, you know, is it like they just... Sounds like it's just... Drop a lighter in a bucket and it blows... Like regular car fuel. Car fuel? Assuming that CO2 is burned to offset vehicles emissions, the price of $100 per ton would add 22 cents to the price of a liter of fuel. So we're sort of talking about everyday car fuel. Making everyday car fuel with a with by a sucking CO two out of the atmosphere. Wow. Okay. I'm okay. using hydrogen, uh, pro uh, whatever that was called, that that chemical. What if you've got your RV right, but this thing hangs off the top of it, or maybe. Yes, and behind the exhaust pipe. So what it's what you're doing is you can set it up and it creates liquid fuel for you to burn in a backup situation, right? From anywhere with just one of the, like if you took one of those boxes and like put it on a thing. Have to be a big RV. Yeah. An urban farm. Yeah, trailer. Urban farm trailer, solar powered R R RV. Um. With uh, yeah, all the shit, man. Okay, You're like so a Hummer towing a <laughs> trailer. Yeah, like a twenty foot, nine foot wide trailer. Mm. Cool. Well, it's four p.m. Well, maybe we should call this a freaking successful uh, episode of the podcast for Empathy and Imagination. We have any uh, sounds sounds out like sounds good out outros. I think I. You might have played something.
there's This show is brought to you by ClarkPoolSpa.com, Zeist Digital, Zeist.net, and ClaireOConnorArt.com. C L A I R E O C O N N O R A R T.com. ClaireOConnorArt.com. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. You can support the show if you're still listening. You can support the show. You're here with me. You're here when everyone else has gone away. Now, come on in close. We're just going to zoom in here. Way too close. So, seriously, dudes, we have never gotten a single supporter at all, ever. And that's just totally surprising. So... If you're still listening at this point, consider that we're bringing value to you. If that's true, you can engage with us in positive ways. You know how to reach us. Thank you. Transferring to server.